Welcome everyone to today's class. Does anyone have any, uh, before we begin, uh, all the people who have joined us who are new to this group, uh, Ravi just mentioned, uh, we have a WhatsApp group where every Saturday I post on there uh, as to what the class is going to be about on Sunday and just general information. So please um, contact Ravi um, and he'll add, add you to it. Just wait for the last couple of people to join. Does anyone have any questions from last Sunday's class? Okay, great. So quick recap. Mahabharat. What did we discuss last week? Kauravas cheated the Pandavas, their cousins of their kingdom with a game of dice. And even though the Pandavas fulfilled what was asked of them, which was to be exiled from Hastinapur for 13 years, while Duryodhana ruled the kingdom. But when they returned, Duryodhana refused to give the kingdom back. You're not getting any of it back. Not even a piece of land, not even a house, nothing. So the Pandavas had no choice but to fight, fight the Kauravas to regain what was theirs. But more, more than that is to restore righteousness back in society, back in Hastinapur, because the Kauravas were evil, unrighteous. Pandavas were good, righteous. So the battle is to begin. The Kauravas, the bad, against the Pandavas, the good. And Krishna is on the Pandavas' side. They, were, they both went to Krishna for help. And he asked Arjuna, you can either have me or my army, but if you choose me, I come unarmed. I do not fight at all. But Arjuna chose Krishna. Duryodhana chose, well, he was given the army, but that's what he wanted. So both got what they wanted. So Krishna becomes a charioteer. He drives the chariot for Arjuna. And Arjuna asks him, take me to the middle of the battlefield on the morning of the war. And the war is about to begin. Drive me to the middle of the field. I want to have a look, get some strategy. So Krishna drives him to the middle of the field. As you said, the way the Gita is given out is Sanjana, who is Jitrishtra's 
right hand man. Kadrisha is the father of the Kaurava brothers, 100, 100 brothers. Pandava's uncle who's blind. And the, the way the narration of the Gita is that Sanjaya has the vision to be able to see what's going on in the battlefield and then convey to Kadrisha. And the first chapter, as I mentioned, there isn't much philosophy, but it gives you some idea of the psychology of Arjuna and the psychology of Duryodhana. Yeah? And it gives more of that than any philosophy because the philosophy only begins with Krishna talks, when he talks to Arjuna. And that happens in chapter two, verse 10 or 11. So until then, we just, but it, it's, it's, it's good information because it really sets the scene for us of what's, what's going to go on and why it's happening. And in, as I mentioned, in this chapter, 47 verses, it's divided into six chapters. And verse 2 to 11, which we're going to cover today, is Duryodhana betrays his vanity and fear. It shows the psychology of Duryodhana. What makes him take? Why is he the way he is? He's actually scared. He's scared to fight. And we, 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 we discussed that today. Then the next topic, 12 to 19 verses, verses 12 to 19, sound of the conches. Everyone blows their conches, which terrifies the Kauravas, Pandavas. They blow their conches. And then from 20 to 30, topic four, Arjuna gets emotional gets overpowered. And then next topic five, 31 to 39, he tries to justify to Krishna why he shouldn't fight. He, all the reasons. And then the last topic, 40 to 47, Arjuna collapses. Help me, Krishna, I don't know what to do. And this is how topic one is broken down. I mean, uh, chapter one is broken down. It highlights a human being's life. Mahabharata Gita. We all have to go through ups and downs in life. We all have to make decisions in life. Some really important decisions. How do we make those decisions? And, and this is what it's all about. Something happens to us, we, we get emotional like Arjuna. Is there a Krishna in your life to treat, to guide you? No. We, how do we make these life-changing decisions? And this is what the Gita teaches us. The philosophy of Lord Krishna teaches us. And by studying the Gita, we have a Krishna in our life because his knowledge is with us. When we make decisions, we can rely on his wisdom, which is what we're discussing. So we're going to start with uh, verse one again, because last week we took it at the end and uh, we'll just quickly cover it. Any questions before we begin? Yeah, everyone understands the, the background? Great. So verse one, I'll, I'll chant it. 
And then if you repeat it in your own minds or your, to your partner, if it allows you, or if you're on your own, you can chant it aloud if you wish. And by doing this, you'll get the vibrations of Krishna's words. And that has a different effect on your personality. So, verse one. Titrashtra uvacha dharma shetre kurukshetre samaveta yuyutsavaha mamaka pandavaschaiva kimakurvata sanjaya titrashtra uvacha Dharma Shetre Kurukshetre Samaveta Yuyutsavaha Mamaka Pandavaschaiva Kimakurvata Sanjaya. And that translates as Didrashtra said, Didrashtra said, assembled on the sacred field of Kurukshetra, desirous to fight. What did the sons of Pandu and mine do, O Sanjaya? So the Drishya, the father of the Paravas, is asking Sanjaya, what's going on at the battlefield? Have they started yet? Nilam, could you uh, read the translation, please? Yeah. The Gita begins with a question. The blind king, Didrashta, asks counsellor Sanjaya, what the Gauravas and the Bandavas do on the plain of Gurukshetra. The Gauravas and the Bandavas, two branches of a royal family, are fighting each other there in the Mahabharata war. Didrashta, the father of the evil Gauravas, remains in the palace in Hastinapur, along with Sanjaya, while the battle at Gurukshetra is fought. The great sage Vyasa has endowed Sanjaya with the special power of watching the proceedings of the battle from the palace. In this verse, Didrashta asks Sanjaya to use this power and recount the details of the battle being fought between his sons and the sons of his brother, Bandal. Please continue. Didrashta is infatuated with his sons. This weakness of his feeds the lust of the Gauravas for the sovereignty of the kingdom, leading to the war. Didrashta represents the mind. The Gauravas are vicious and the Bandavas are virtuous. The Gauravas and the Bandavas represent the evil and the good tendencies, respectively, in a human being. The mind is ever attracted towards the negative tendencies. It staunchly defends these tendencies as a result, there is an incessant conflict between the good and the bad within every human being. This is the significance of the Mahabharata war. Just stop there, thank you. So this is the significance of learning this knowledge. We all go through positive and negative tendencies. How do we deal with that? How do we make those choices, as I mentioned? The mind wants something. It may not be good for them, good for you, but the mind wants it. I want it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I want to marry this person, even if it's the wrong person for them. But the mind, mind 
it's difficult to tell the mind no. The, the good and the bad is within us. We go through our own conflicts. This is what this Mahabharata war signifies. So the next um, paragraph explains how, what this, by studying the Gita, what it can, how it can help you. Nilam. The Bhagavad Gita starts with the words, Dharma Shastra, Guru Shastra. These opening words powerfully suggest the fall of mankind from the state of perfection. Dharma Shastra means the field of piety and Guru Shastra, the field of conflict. The former denotes the original, original stature of man, a state of human perfection, of piety, righteousness, and divinity. From that height of perfection, man has fallen into a state of confusion and conflict within himself. His life is riddled with trials and tribulations, worries and anxieties, stress and strain. A Dharma Shastra has been reduced to a Guru Shastra. The role of the Gita is to rehabilitate and restore man to his original state of being. There you go. We all have these conflicts. We are God. God is within us. But we have forgotten that. We identify with our body, mind and intellect, our desires instead of God. And there's conflict within us. So it's saying by studying the Gita, it rehabilitates you. We have fallen from that grace of being God to this human being. And by studying the Gita, it rehabilitates you, brings you back to your original nature, which is of piety, goodness, Godhood. And this is what studying the Gita. So end of 18 chapters, hopefully you'll all have reached that state of piety. Jashnavin. Any questions? Okay, we go to verse two. So, in the first verse, Tishesha asks, "What's what's happening in the battlefield?" So Sanjaya now replies, "Sanjaya uvacha dristva tu pandavani kam vyudam duryodana sada." Acharya Mupasangam Ya Raja Vachanama Brave Sanjaya Vacha Drishpa to Pandavani come Vyutam Duryodana Sada Acharya Mupasangam Ya Raja Vachanama Brave. Sanjaya said, Indeed, having seen the army of the Pandavas arrayed in battle, King Duryodhana then approached the teacher and spoke these words. So Sanjaya is narrating what's going on. King Duryodhana approached his teacher, Dronacharya. For short, they say call him Drona. So Drona. So King Duryodhana approached his teacher that taught him the art of warfare, that taught everyone in both sides the art of warfare. 
And his brothers and the Pandora brothers were also taught, all his brothers. Duryodhana, you see, in this verse it says, King Duryodhana, Dronacharya is his superior, his guru. But Duryodhana is so egoistic. I am the king. Even though on the battlefield he's just a soldier, he doesn't have much respect for his elders, his gurus, superiority complex, big ego. This is Duryodhana. People bow down to their gurus. People bow down to Dronacharya because it was, it's because of him they are the man they are on both sides. The, that art that they've learned is from their guru, which is Dronacharya. But Duryodhana has no respect for him. And what does he say? So, Nilam, could you please um, read the verse two? In the second topic covering verses two to 11, Duryodhana betrays his vanity and fear. Sanjaya now begins his account of the proceedings on the battlefield. Duryodhana, the eldest brother of the Gauravas, sees the many of the Bandavas arrayed, sorry, the army of the Bandavas arrayed in battle. He approaches his teacher, Dronacharya, also called Drona, and speaks to him. Drona is the revered teacher of both <coughs> of the royal family. He had taught archery to both the Kauravan and the Bandava warriors, including Durodona. The choice of the word king, Raja, in conjun conjunction with the word teacher, Ajarya, suggests a lack of devotion and reverence on the part of Duryodhana towards the master who taught him the art of warfare, which he is about to use. Though stationed on the battlefield as a soldier, he retains the haunty demeanour of the king in Hastinapur, even while addressing Drona. This illustrates the vain nature of Duryodhana. The first chapter is full of such psychological implications. Everyone get that? Any questions? Thank you, Nilam. That was well read. Any any questions from anyone? It's quite clear. So we'll go to verse three. Pashyaitam pandu putrana macharya mahatim chamum vyutam drupada putrena tapashishyena dimata. Pashyaitam Pandu Putrana Macharya Mahatim Chamum Futam Drupada Putrena Tavashishyena Dimata. Behold, O teacher, this mighty army of the sons of Pandu, arrayed for battle by the son of Drupada, your wise pupil. Duryodhana speaks to Drona and says, look at their mighty army, meaning the Pandavas army, look at their mighty army. He's saying mighty, even though the Pandavas only have seven battalions and he has 11. So he has a much greater army, but still he's saying, look at their mighty army. Four more battalions than the Pandavas. He has a fear complex. 
See, when you are selfish, you do bad things, you're scared. When you're doing unrighteous actions, you are fearful. Who are you fearful of? Anybody? Who are you fearful of when you do bad actions? Yeah, Shashi? Usually God. God, yeah. If you were fearful of God, you wouldn't do it. But yes, absolutely. Arunabhin? Could it be our own ego? Own ego? With most people who do bad things are afraid of the good people. Even in your own household, if you do something bad, the partner is good. I'm not saying something really bad, you know, just something negative. You may lie or do something. You're fearful. Something small. You'll be fearful. You're unconscious you're fearful of. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? But people who are bad, they are generally bad. They're always fearful of the good people. If you compare the life of an animal, carnivores, for example, they're always afraid. Lions, tigers, hyenas, they all are afraid of something. But herbivores, they're mild, meek. They don't kill anyone. You go to a cow, you hit it, it doesn't do nothing. So automatically, as soon as you have a negative tendencies, something you do bad, there's always a fear within you of something. Generally, generally, it's the good. So Dunya Dana is now showing that deep inside his personality. He's generally scared. That's why he's saying to Drona, look at their mighty army, even though there's only seven, seven battalions. He has, otherwise, what would he say? Hey, there's only seven battalions. We've got 11. We're going to kill them. Yeah, but no. Who's uh, next reading? Uh, Arunabhan, thank you. Duryodhana asks his teacher Drona to behold the army of the Pandavas. He refers to the opposing army as mighty, though it, in fact, has seven Akshahinis battalions, while the Kaurava army has 11. Besides having larger forces, Duryodhana has stalwarts like Bhishma and Drona on his side. Yet he considers the opposing army as mighty. This suggests an element of fear in him. Fear arises out of the guilt of wrongdoing. Duryodhana is vicious and corrupt. He has stooped to the most wicked actions in his efforts to destroy the Pandavas. His guilt now manifests on the battlefield as fear. Please continue. Duryodhana refers to his cousins as sons of Pandu and to Drishtayumna as the son of Drupada. This subtly suggests the distance he feels and the disregard he holds for his close relatives. It reveals his selfish and self-centered nature. Also, his casual remark that the son of Drupada is thy wise discipline speaks of his inherent frustration. This sarcasm betrays his bitterness towards Drona, for his having trained the excellent pupil Drishtayumna, who now commands the forces which he which opposes him. 
So, Dhrista Yumna, son of Drupata, brother of Drupati, Arjuna brother's wife. So, Duridana is frustrated saying, Dronacha, you know, saying to himself, Drona, he, he taught all the Pandava brothers as well. And he's thinking inside, why did he teach them as well? You know, he, he feels he's a selfish person. So he feels this frustration within him. So this is all psychology. Any questions? Yeah. So. Um, so, so you were saying that Duryodhan um, is fearful mm -hmm. of the Pandavas because they're good, mm -hmm. but um, right from the beginning, uh, the Pandavas have always been good. Yeah. And. Duryodhan has always been bad. Yeah. That's their nature as such. Mm -hmm. um, so when you, when you said when we're doing something unrighteous, mm -hmm. um, i.e., you know, selfish or so anything negative, we are fearful mm -hmm. uh, of the good people. So are you saying that? Um, so Duryodhana has always been fearful of the Pandavas. Yeah. Is that okay? Is that your question? Mm. Yeah. So Duryodhana hasn't always been fearful of the Pandavas, but he's fearful now. Any reason why? Yeah. He's not fearful, or he's never been fearful before. No. But he's fearful now. Mm. Why? Anybody? Why is he fearful now? There's a chance that he's going to be killed in the battle. Mm. War is about to begin. People are going to die. Mm. This has now confronted him. Hang on. Even though they only got seven battalions, I've got 11. But the fact that he's doing something negative, he's stolen this kingdom from them. All the people around him may not say to him, what have you done? But deep inside, he has now this understanding that for my actions, war has been declared. I'm about to fight. I could die. That's why he's scared me. Yeah. And as far as we're concerned, when we do, when we have a negative thought in our in our minds, we may not even perform that negative action, but we still have mental agitations. You may some, say something bad about somebody, in your, even in your mind. That agitates you. So those are the negative tendencies. Yeah? Dharmesh, you had a question? But in the beginning of the Mahabharata, isn't it that Duryodhana is trying to kill off his cousins beforehand? Yeah. He'll be him off, try to set them all on fire. So he's always been scared of them. He he's he he feels uh, um, he feels inferior to them because they're good. You always fear good people, yeah. And but even when he's tried to kill them in the past, his life has never been his life has never been in danger. But now his his nature has carried on. But now there's a tendon, there is a possibility, a chance that he will be killed. 
Does, does that make sense? This is why he's scared. And everyone's on his side. Ishma, Drona, not that they want to be on his side. Yeah. And he's got all these stalwarts, these great warriors on his side, but he's still scared. Because his life is on danger now. <laughs> Before until now, his life has never go and go and kill the Pandavas. Go. He'll send someone. His life is not in danger. Yeah, is that clear still? Okay. Great. Verse 4. Atrasura Mahesh Pasan Bimarjuna Samayudi Yuyudano Viratascha Drupatascha Maharataha Atrasura Mahesh Pasan Bimarjuna Samayudi Yuyudano Viratascha Drupadascha Maharataha. Here are heroes, mighty archers, equal in battle to Bhima and Arjuna, Yuyudana, Virata, and the Maharata, great chariot warrior Drupada. Duryodhana says to Druna, Look at these great skilled individuals in the Pandava army. He refers to them as heroes. It shows his psychological state. He is scared. He is about to fight a war. A war he knows is wrong. A war that is driven by his own ego. And he has now come to realize it can go terribly wrong. He not only can die, what is he fighting for? He's fighting for the kingdom, kingship. But if he's dead, how is he going to gain that? So now he is realized, what, what have I done? So he's saying, look at these great heroes on Pandava's side. Hold on a minute. Duryodhana enumerates the names of several outstanding figures of the Pandava army. He refers to them as heroes and mighty archers, equally in martial glory to Bhima and Arjuna, the two Pandava princes acclaimed as the great warriors of the time. And great they are, they were. However, his fear and anguish had magnified their greatness to a point of instilling in him a belief in impending disaster. A profile of each of the Pandava warriors mentioned by Duryodhana follows. Yuyudhana, a Yadava chief, also known by the name of Satyaki, a friend of Krishna. He learned archery from Arjuna, a powerful warrior, and then Atirati, who could fight any number of warriors single-handed. Virata, the virtuous king of the Matsyas. The Pandavas with their wife Draupadi lived incognito for one year in his palace. His daughter Uttara married Arjuna's son Abhimanyu. Virata and his three sons were killed in the war. Draupada, the king of the Panchalas, the father of Draupadi, whom the Pandavas married, and Drishta Yamuna, Yumna, a great 
Kshatriya, hero and a Maharatha, one who could command 10,000 bowmen. He met his end at the hands of Drona in the battle. So, Duryodhan is just highlighting a few of the warriors on the Pandava side. That's it. Verse 5. Trishtaketuchekitanaha Trishtaketu, Chekitana, and the valiant king of Kasi, Purujit, Kunti Boja and Saibya, the best of men. Further names of great heroes are given out. Now, these names have no real meaning to us. Yeah, we don't need to know. It's just there to give us an understanding of the backdrop of the war. People who have read the Mahabharata or seen the serial on the TV probably recognize some of the names, but they're not important for us in these classes. As I've mentioned, the philosophy only begins in chapter two. And chapter one is normally not taken up. You know, people get bored. They start yawning. So don't get bored. Just hang in there until chapter two, yeah? Arunabin? Duryodhana continues his enumeration of the illustrious warriors of, in the Pandava camp. He calls them the best of men. They are Drishtaketu, Chekitana, King of Kashi, Puruji, Kunti Boja, and Sabia. Drishtaketu, son of Shishupala, King of Ch Chedi, he was killed by Drona in the battle. Chekitana, a Yadava hero of the Vishni clan, a Maharatha of good prowess, he commands one of the seven Akshahinis. Battalions of the Pandava army. He was killed in the battle by Duryodhana, king of Kashi, a great hero and a Maharatha. Purujit and Kunti Boja, brothers of Kunti, who was mother of the Pandavas. Sabia, king of the Sibis and father of the Yudhishthira's wife, Devika. He was a great fighter and a man of character as well. Verse seven. Any questions, by the way? Yeah, we're going, going to go through these quite quickly, um, chapter one, yeah? Verse six. So was that? Verse six. Verse six we're going to do, right? Mm. Yeah, sorry. Verse six. Yudha manyushcha vikranta utamau jascha viryaban saupadro dropade yascha Sarva eva mararataha yudha manyuscha vikranta 
Uttamojaschavidyavan Saupadro Tropadeyascha Sarva Eva Maharataha and mighty Yudamanyu and brave Uttamoja, Sobhadra and Rupadya, all indeed Maharathas, great chariot warriors. Duryodhana continues naming the heroes on the Pandava army. This time it is the five sons of the Pandava brothers. As I say, we don't need to know, but we'll just go through it quickly. Uh, can everyone make sure that their mic is off, please? Thank you. Who's reading next? Is it, am I, is it you? Who's verse six? Is it Vanita? Vanita, yes. Vanita, are you reading verse six? Uh, your mic is off. Can you hear me now? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Duritan completes the list of Pandava heroes with the name of Yudama Siu. Yudama Siu, yeah. Yeah, just say however you, it seems, don't worry. Subhadra and Drupadeyu. He refers to all of them as Maharatas, command, commanders of 10,000 archers. Yudhamayu and Uttamaju, brothers, princes of the Banjal territory. They were brave warriors possessing immense strength, hence the attributes mighty and valiant appended to their names. Subhadra, son of Subhadra, the sister of Krishna, Subhadra marries Arjun. Their son was the illustrious Abhimanyu. He married Uttara, the daughter of Virat, king of the Matsi. Abhimanyu was trained in archery by his father Arjuna and by Pradyum, the eldest son of Krishna. He was a warrior of outstanding merit. In the Mahabharata war, he exhibits his exceptional military powers by killing innumerable enemy warriors. He was slain by Dushana, Dushana's son, King Parishit's. Parishit was the son of Abhimanyu, Drupadeyash, son of Draupadi. Draupadi had a son from each of the five Pandava brothers. They were Pravitidya, son of Yudhishthira, Srutasoma, son of Bhimasena, Srutakarma, Son, son of Arjuna. Satinikya, son of Nakula. And Strutasena, son of Sahadeva. So these are the five sons of the Pandavas. All five sons were killed by Ashvatthama in the dead of the night. 
some of these words are hard to sorry so you know you did well anyway so once again Duryodhana continues naming the heroes and the of the Pandava army the five sons of the Pandava brothers once again it doesn't have much meaning to us for what we're doing seven Asmakam tu vishishta ye tani boda vijotama nayaka mama sanyasya samnyartam tram bravimite asmakam tu vishishta ye tani boda vijotama Nayaka mama sanyasya samnartam tam pravimite. O Vichotama, know also the, those who are distinguished among us, the leaders of my army. These are mentioned to you for information. So, Duryodhana calls Drona Vichotama. Best among twice born. What is this twice born? Any idea? What is this twice born? Duryodhana goes to Drona and says, The best among twice born you are to Drona. Any idea what that means? Does it mean he died and was reborn? So, is she? Is it like a um, spiritual awakening? They realized the reality, the truth, uh, the, the purpose of life. That might, I think that would be third born. We will call that third born. So, twice born. So, first time, first birth is from mother's womb. But the mind and intellect is not developed. That those people who are new, new, new to new to this group, a human being is made up of the physical body, the mind, the intellect, and the spirit. We call it Atman. The mind is full of likes and dislikes. It's like a child. All it wants to do is fulfill its desires. Intellect is the adult in you. It reasons. It judges. It can tell you from right or wrong. What's controlling you? Is it your mind or your intellect? This is what we need to understand. If all your actions are controlled by the mind, God help you. These classes, we learn to develop our intellect. And when we develop our intellect, we can make better decisions in life. So, when you're first born in the mother's womb, the mind and intellect is not developed. When the baby is born, the mind and intellect is not developed. Can't, child cannot make any decisions for itself. Parents have to make sure the child is fed. Change the nappies, tell the child when to eat, what to eat, how to behave. When a child is around 10 to 12 years old, the mind and intellect is fully developed. Then you can say the child is fully developed become an adult and you know that because when that's when trouble starts those of you who have children 
I want to go here and there. I know what I am doing. The child is now an adult. So when a child reaches that stage, meaning the mind and intellect is developed, in many cultures, they have different ceremonies. In Jewish religion, they have the bar, bar mitzvah. That is, when the child becomes an adult. In Hinduism, they have the thread ceremony, signifying that the child is becoming an adult. So when Duryodhana says to Drona, the best or the best of twice born, meaning he has a giant intellect, well-developed intellect, he makes good decisions, right decisions. That's what it means by the best of twice born. Any questions on that? Any from any of the new people who've joined the class? Yeah, okay. Verse eight. Oh, sorry. Um, Benita? After citing the names of the chief fighter, fighters in the Pandava army, Duryodhana draws Drona's attention to the distinguished leaders of his own army. He addresses Drona as Divijotam, yeah. literally the best among the twice born. The second birth refers to the investiture with the sacred thread in a religious ceremony called Upanyamam. Upanyamam performed by the higher caste Hindus. This, they are, they are said to be twice born after they have undergone this sacred rite. From a philosophical point of view, twice born signifies a fully developed individual. The first birth refers to that of the physical body, at which time the mind intellect is still in embryo form. The mind intellect develops as the child grows with with knowledge and experience of the world. With the complete development of the mind intellect, the second birth takes place, the birth of the mind intellect. Drona was reputed to be the best among the twice born a... Vichotama. Vichotama. So the third, as Vishi said, is it when you understand the purpose of life, when you understand God, when you understand spiritual path, that is when you're third born, we can say. You understand the purpose of life. Even though your mind and intellect is now developed, you don't know what the purpose of life is yet. So those of you in this class, for example, you suddenly understand the truths of life, the purpose of life, to reach that state of moksha. You can say you are now born for the third time. You know now why you're here. Make sense? Any questions? So she always tests me. Is there a significance why Duryodhana talked about the Pandua side first? before he talked about his side first? Yeah. Is there a significance? Um, do you know the significance? No, I'm asking, do you think there is or? Um, is there a significance of um, Duryodhana talking about the Pandava side first? 
because if he had a big ego, yeah, he would generally have boasted about his army first. Absolutely. Before the banners. Yeah. Um, my opinion is because he's scared. He's because first of all, he's in the front of the his army with Drona. And what does he see? He sees the Pandavas on the opposite side. War is about to begin. Begin. People are going to be killed. Yes. And he sees the Pandavas and he's now scared as well. So he talks about the Pandavas to Drona first. And then to, then to get rid of that fear, he will now talk about his, the people on his side, the great warriors on his side to justify, to get rid of that fear within him. Hang on. But we've got so-and-so. Bhishma, we've got Drona, we have Krishna's army, we have, so then he'll justify to get rid of that fear. Any other questions? Did everyone understand the question still asked? Yeah. By the way, this isn't rehearsed, yeah? She comes out with this question. <laughs> Verse eight. Thyself, sorry, Bhavan Bhishmascha Karnascha Kripascha Samitinjayaha Ashvatama Vikarnascha Saumadadistatevacha Bhavan Bhishmascha Karnascha Kripascha Samitinjayaha Ashvatama Vikarnascha Saumadatististhaivacha Thyself and Bhishma and Karna and Kripa, the victorious in battle, Ashvatama, Vikarna, and also the son of Somadatta. So now Duryodhana talks to, continues to talk about the heroes in his, his army. Drona still doesn't say a word. Drona is quiet. He's just listening to Duryodhana. Why is he quiet? Any idea? He's hoping Duryodhana comes to his senses. Drona does not want to fight. He's a righteous person. He's actually on the side of the Pandavas. He knows Duryodhana has done wrong. But he's, he has no choice. And without him and Bhishma, who we'll talk about later, most of the army would not fight. If it wasn't for Bhishma and Drona, none of the army would fight for Duryodhana. If you're objective in life, if you are able to become introvert, you can think. Even Krishna is quiet with Arjuna, hoping he would realize his mistake of not wanting to do his duty and fight. Even Krishna is just listening to Arjuna when we, when we take up, when we take, go to the next topic. Krishna doesn't say a word either. So what it means is think before you talk. Yeah, don't just blabber on. Think about what you're gonna say. Become introvert, be objective. Number eight. Who's, uh, is it Vanita? 
Duryodhana places Drona first in the list of Korova heroes. He may have done so because of the honor and recognition due to Drona. Also, Duryodhana had to please Drona as his fate in the war greatly depended on the strength and valor of that great warrior. A profile on each of the warriors cited by Duryodhana follows. Dronacharya, Drona, son of Maharishi Bhartavaja, a master of the Vedas and Vedangas, the text of eternal knowledge, a great ascetic and exceptionally bold Atirati, one who could fight any number of warriors single-handed. He possessed deep knowledge and experience of archery and of other weapons as well. His skill in warfare was unrevealed. He taught his skill to the Kaurava and Pandava princes. In the Mahabharata war, Rona commanded the entire Kaurava force at the end of five days of fearful fighting. He heard a false report of the death of his son, Ashwatthama. Forthwith, he renounced his arms and was killed by Drishtadyumna. Bhisma, the eldest son of King Santanu and Bhagirita. His original name was Devarata. King Santanu became enamored with the maiden Satyavati and wanted to marry her. Her foster father would not accede to the king's request unless Santanu's children, born by Satyavati, were assured of the inheritance of the kingdom. To facilitate his father's marriage, Devarata, in the prime of youth, took a terrible vow of lifelong celibacy and renunciation of all his claims to the throne. This gesture earned him the name of Bhishma, meaning terrible, dreadful, fearful. Thereafter, he became renowned and revered everywhere. Please, please with the magnanimous sacrifice, Santanu gave Bhishma the boon that even death will not overcome him without his consent. Bhishma had a mastery over the scriptures and the science of warfare. He was a great personality of infinite knowledge and heroism of the highest order. Possessed of all the virtues, he was deeply devoted to Lord Krishna. Stop there, please, Emma. So the main characters on, on um, Duryodhana's side is Dronacharya and Bhishma. Without them, there would be no army. They continue to list, Duryodhana continues to talk about other characters on his side. Karna, son of Kunti, sun god. He talks about his valor, who he was. We're not going to go into that. Kripa, son of Mahashi Saradvan. Ashvatthama, son of Drona. He received his training in arms from his father. When Drona was told that Ashvatthama has died, Drona gave up his life. Vikarna, one of hundred sons of Drishtrana. He was the only one, Duryodhana's brother, who stood against what was going on with Rupadi when they tried to disrobe her. 
So we are not going to continue with that, Hema, because um, it doesn't have much meaning to us, yeah? verse 9 and then we'll stop. <speaking in Hebrew> Madal te tiakta jibitaha Nana sastra praharanaha Sarve yuda visharadaha And many other heroes who have given up their lives for my sake, armed with various weapons and missiles, all well skilled in battle. Duridana thinks that everyone is fighting for his sake. They believe in what he's doing. Actually, as I said, they're fighting because of Drona and Bhishma. Drona and Bhishma were righteous men, similar to the Pandavas. And whatever Drona and Bhishma decided, the army followed. But Duryodhana is fighting for unjust reasons. Remember I said last week, Duryodhana is the king. Whatever the king says, they have to do. People have to do. They cannot say, no, I disagree with you. He's the king. I gave you that example last week of in Bahubali, the movie. The queen told Katapa, kill Bahubali, his best friend, like a father figure. He had no choice. He couldn't say no. He had to go and do it. Similarly, Bhishma and Duryat, Bhishma and Drona have no choice. They have to follow whatever Duryodhana, King Duryodhana says. Come on. Duryodhana now gives mention to the heroes other than those he has explicitly named. Also well-equipped with arms and well-skilled in battle, it is interesting to note that Duryodhana refers to only seven distinguished warriors from his own army and in just one verse. Whereas he protracts the list to 20 such warriors from the Pandava army covering four verses. It seems to re reveal a sense of insecurity and a fear of defeat deep within him. That inner feeling has possibly magnified the strength of the enemy in his mind. Nevertheless, the ego and the vanity persist in Duryodhana. He boasts that all the great heroes on his side have given up their lives for his sake. This is not true. The central figures that dominated the Korova camp were Bhisma and Rona. But for those outstanding personalities, many warriors would not have made the type of sacrifices that Duryodhana arrogates to himself. Hmm. There you go. His ego once again thinks they're all fighting for me. But that is not the case. Any questions? Sashi. Um, a question might not be related to just what we've read mm -hmm. uh, just now. Um, but I just wanted to ask, what is a boon? Because that was mentioned just a little while ago. 
So what is a boon? It's like um, <clears throat> in scriptures is given as when, you know, in scriptures, God is given a form. You know, God comes to a person who prays. In, 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 it's given in scriptures where if you do great deeds, God gives you a wish, you know, where you've done sacrifices. You've, um, it's been said in scriptures that God gave a person a, a wish that he can fulfill whenever he wants to. So when boon means that when um, is it Kuntimata, no? Kuntimata served this great sage for many years. The sage had the power to give her a wish to say whenever you need something, this boon is there for you and it will be granted whenever you want. Is that okay, Sushi? You get a lot of that in the scriptures. Um, in Ramayana and uh, Mahabharata and many other scriptures, you know, when you serve God, they, they grant your wish, you know, meaning that cause and effect, you know, you do good deeds and good things will happen to you. That's what it justifies, that personifies. Is that okay, Shashi? Any other questions? Okay. So we're going to stop there. We'll continue next week. I'm going to summarize some of the verses just so that we just get the key message from each verse. Yeah, so we get through chapter one. Thank you for all the volunteers who read. I know some of the words are difficult, but you did a great job. We'll see each other next week.